All right, we are recording our first try at something new. This is the Freedom Footprint and Friends is the working title, something like that, uh, which is really just to say we've been having so much fun releasing two episodes a week, uh, but we realized that a little bit too late to get a second one out this week. So we've decided to try something a little uh, little more casual, a little more fun. Uh, and we're bringing our good friend, Yoni. Not to say that everyone else who isn't on the show isn't, isn't a friend, but you know, Yoni, is, Yoni is a very good friend. And, uh, and so we're, we're going to try this kind of thing. We don't know how often we're going to do this, but uh, whenever we... Uh, don't have a second episode to release in a, in a week, I guess. We're going to try and do something like this or maybe something with just Knut and I. Either way, this is Freedom Footprint and Friends with Yoni. Welcome. Thank you. And we actually have something to talk about with Yoni, something, something fresh. Because Yoni and I have uh, very recently released a video. Well, we should mention Guy Swan also. He's, he is the guy that, the, the literal guy that uh, narrated the video, as usual. As you may know, uh, me and Yoni have collaborated before on several occasions, the most famous one being the Everything Divided by 21 Million video, um, which changed our lives, I would say. <laughs> so uh, it's been a, f a, a, a fruitful and delightful relationship, working relationship so far. And our latest piece is called Oppenheimer versus Nakamoto, based on the talk I gave in Riga, and we reworked the script, the rework, reworked that talk into a script, uh, didn't we, Yoni? And then you started, uh, and then Guy read it, um, uh, and sent us the file, and then you started working on the video, and it's been out for two days now, I think. Uh, so, so uh, can you tell us a bit more about the video, uh, Yoni? Sure. <laughs> I just wanted to remain silent for a bit and see where you were going with this. <laughs> so yeah, I, I s even remember when we were in Riga, we um, had this morning walk to the venue. The venue, do you remember when? Uh, yeah, we almost we came too late because we took the wrong yeah. way. <laughs> Ended up in some park, yeah. <laughs> some park going through it, like, uh, yeah, uh, a cemetery, I think. Uh, we were both kind of sick and we were late. And <laughs> yeah, and we, and we, we, we had such an interesting conversation. So we just lost track of everything else as one does. We did. Yeah. And then I, then some, at some point along the way, you wanted to um, practice, uh, rehearse the, the speech, the talk that you were about to give. And I reminded, reminded you to do so. So um, you read it to me then. I had read it beforehand, of course. Um, but that was sort of the point when we already began to refine it. Refine it. Then you delivered it. Uh, it was a great talk. I had a great time. And uh, I, I basically couldn't wait to get home to start putting, adding visuals to your ideas. And um, yeah, what what can we say about the, um, the, here's the thing, like what my job entails as, as a YouTuber and animator is to uh, distill the ideas and add visuals to them. And in order to do that, I have to understand what the ideas are and sort of have this, tell a story 
that is on top of your story. So when it comes to Oppenheimer versus Nakamoto, it's clearly divided into two parts. And I wanted to emphasize that. And I was very happy that you noticed that. That was one of the first things that you noticed when, when, I, uh, well, when I showed you the first draft. Do you remember what you said? You said that, uh, are, do you know what I'm referring yeah, to? Yeah, yeah. Like, I know the, 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 the section of the video. It's when it goes to this original Yoni style, uh, this style, yeah. like the, this yeah. uh, font here, Londrina solid. In blue yes. and white and black, yeah, and exactly. The, the uh, and the cartoonish uh, animations. And I it was exactly. very pleased that you noticed that uh, I had structured it with more like heavy uh, dystopian soundscapes for the first half, discussing the uh, atom bomb and Oppenheimer, the Oppenheimer section, and uh, darker tones and so on, and then shifting to other types of um, a, a different type of soundscape and and lighter visuals and so on. And that is part of telling the story um, to sort of just add visuals that not just go with the ideas, but also to, to uh, propel the story forward not in a way that doesn't just create fluidity, but also tell a visual story. Yeah. yeah. The Speaking of that, did you? Uh, I probably asked you this a hundred times before, but forgot the answer. Did you see the Oppenheimer movie? I did. Yeah, uh, and uh, I—that's. I, I, I can. I can. Uh, let, let me tell you about the experience. Um, I well, I was with a few friends, and um, I had ingested something beforehand that altered my experience of the uh, of the movie. Broccoli, uh, I, I guess. Yeah, it was a, a form of broccoli, and it made the the movie. Uh, it was incredibly immersive. I was scared for my life, and I realized that Oppenheimer was one of the most important people that have ever lived on this planet, and I, I was just flabbergasted by Nolan's brilliant portrayal of this historic event in our in our common history yeah and uh in in right it's my short answer uh yeah the uh i mean i uh, there's sort of a mini review of the movie in in one um uh, screen there in 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 uh, our little movie uh it's um uh, Brilliantly acted and great cinematography and somewhat overly convoluted, which is which is sort of my opinion on every Nolan movie. Uh, yeah, I, I love them, but and I love that a, a director like that can get so much money to do that uh, because um, I prefer that to to uh, giving the money to some bullshit Star Wars project or something. Uh, Hundred, yeah. So. Uh, and it's fascinating this uh, connection to the Barbie movie that uh, like, like those two movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually posted a tweet uh, when I was at this uh, at the movies, uh, like because they had the posters next to each other. Yeah, and I took a picture of that and I said, "Which way, Western man?" <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, yeah, but that that's true. That's true. You know, you know what really uh, what I really enjoy about Nolan's movies, and I think this is one of his trademarks. It's you know he he uh, he's very reluctant to use CGI. Yeah, and um, CGI has 
come a long way, but it's still, you know, it's, it's not there yet. And I'm very happy that other directors are experimenting with it because at some point we are going to have CGI that is, uh, that is just brilliant, that it works as intended. But for now, like, do you remember the scenes when they, uh, did a few test explosions before they had made the actual bomb? Mm-hmm. Like the, the effects of that are just so powerful. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, that's why uh, one of the reasons that Dunkirk is probably my favorite Nolan movie. I mm, think that, yeah. that was kind of flawless and it, it had a, a, a better flow than its other movies. I think I like the prestige as well. And of course the dark Knight, but that's more mostly because of Ledger's performance. So, mm-hmm. so, so those are probably my top three, <laughs> my top three Nolan movies. Yeah. Uh, the thing about Dunkirk, you really feel like you feel like you're hunted by people who want to kill you when you're in it. Yeah. Uh, and. You know, the, the, the soundscapes, the, the visuals and the storytelling, everything just comes together so perfectly. So, um, yeah, I think that he, he's one of the few directors that actually creates a piece that, that allows you to become fully immersed in the actual experience. He puts you in, in the place apart from say, uh, like the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Movie, but. That is much more of a visual journey where you stand outside of the actual creation and you behold it and you appreciate it like you do a painting in a museum. Yeah. But that's not how Nolan makes movies. He, he uh, makes you a character in the movie. You are part of the experience and I really enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, did, I, did I tell you that I w- had played a small part in the creation of a, uh, of a Nolan movie once? Of, uh, Shut up. <laughs> of uh, Tenet. <laughs> what do you mean? Tenet. <laughs> so when they made Tenet, uh, that was a costly movie to make. And I know why to a certain extent, because uh, the uh, shipping company... They I was, hired you? The shipping company I was working for was hired, or they, they, uh, they, so they were filming in one of the wind farms out, um, south of... Uh, uh, in southern Denmark, uh, one of the sites I was working on for a while. Uh, so some of the scenes are shot in the, um, shot there. And then they decided they wanted to use the same boat in the Mediterranean. And it's a small, like, eight-meter boat that they had to drive down to, to the Mediterranean <laughs> uh, with a, a, a double crew because they needed to go the day shifts and night shifts. So it was like... Normally, it's just two people on board uh, such a boat, and uh, now they had four people, fully employed and fully uh, with full salaries. Uh, uh, that that took like they were supposed to get down to the Mediterranean in a little, little over a week, and it took like more than three weeks for them to get down there because of weather and stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then they shot some footage outside some one of those really luxurious places like Monaco or something. And, um, 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 that resulted in maybe 13 seconds of, uh, actual movie in the end. <laughs> it's some mm. boat chase scene. And uh, the, oh. I think the crew, uh, ended up in the credits, uh, after the movie, the guy that employed the crew didn't. So I'm, I'm not in there. <laughs> I'm not on IMDb yet. <laughs> okay. 
but it's coming. He's going to make more movies. Yeah. It's coming. You, you'll get your chance. <laughs> I wonder what he has in, in, in the pipeline. Like, what is... Um, we should orange fill him. <laughs> yeah, he should, he should make... Uh, yeah, you know what I would really like to see? Besides, like, big directors making Bitcoin movies, I would like to see big directors just incorporate, not, not necessarily make movies about Bitcoin, but just, um, just yeah, a yeah. world where Bitcoin exists. Yeah. It's coming. That, that, that would be, yeah, yeah. Like for um, I am um, I'm currently working on my first uh, fiction piece, um, and it's uh, going to be published in Twenty One Futures. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an it's an allegory set in medieval times about mm-hmm. uh, um, where where uh, Bitcoin is never mentioned. It's an allegory, but then I think that's going to be the prologue, and for for the afterward. Or the epilogue, uh, I'm considering having instead of a medieval setting, making a similar type of allegory, um, but a futuristic one set in the future. Yeah, and sounds yeah, like a long and, short story. <laughs> uh, it, it it is uh, well, it's um, well, this one is about three thousand five hundred to four thousand words, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be the same for for the for the futuristic one. Yeah, check out 21 Futures. I have a story in there as well. Uh, and it's uh, uh, coming out before Christmas, I think. So it's a, the perfect Christmas gift for Bitcoin uh, sci-fi nerds. <laughs> cool. Are you, are you done with yours? Uh, almost. Let's say almost. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the first time I've ever written fiction. So it's, it's been tricky. The same. Um, yeah, it's very tricky. Very tricky. So much to learn. Yeah. But this, yeah, the, the, the thing with our videos that we make, like they, they are few and far apart. And that is because yeah. I, I don't want to make one unless I have an idea worth pursuing and like that is really? good enough. And I know if, if my writing isn't good enough, you, you won't want to make the, the film either. <laughs> so, uh, or at least I hope so. I, I think we, 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 we like, uh, no, I we would try, find we, out we, we, we try we try to make them better and better all the time, of course, and we try yes, to, to hold exactly. ourselves to high standards when we make them. And we we were rece- received a, a ton of nice comments on the video. I'm very happy about that. Oh, we do, and we exactly we uh, we just accumulate small improvements over time. Yeah. So um, how, better each time. How do we make Nolan watch our piece? <laughs> because mm-hmm. an, another thing about the piece itself is that the parts about Oppenheimer are directly from the movie. I am, uh, I, I deliberately wrote that in, in a, well, in a sarcastic tone with the good people of the U.S. government and all of that stuff. But mm-hmm. it's about, it's about the events of the movie and not necessarily, uh, about the, the, but then again, the movie represents what actually happened in reality, but I based it all yeah. on the movie. So yeah. that's sort of a semi disclaimer, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we get Nolan to see it? <laughs> how do we get Nolan to see it? Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know how. What, what's the um, what's the Kevin ba- what, what's the Kevin Bacon number from us to Nolan? Not that far. We know we know an actor now, don't we, Luke? <laughs> I don't know if he wants us to say that. <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to say more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I almost, I almost for, forgot to to insert a little bit of a of a plug that 
for our new uh, partner. I'll call them a partner. Uh, we're in a we're in a life partnership uh, relationship or something like that. Amber App. So so yeah, Amber App is uh, is sponsoring the the show now. They're our new lead sponsor. If you haven't seen our episode with Izzy that we recorded in in Riga, uh, well yeah, you should you should go check it out. Uh, it was something else and. Uh, uh, the main thing was we 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 partnered with them because of Izzy and because uh, well the mission he's on has got to be got to be good and then we started to talk to the good folks at Amber App and well they've got a lot of exciting things coming up at this stage there isn't too much uh, to reveal but uh, they're they're launching globally uh, within the next few months and so basically they're. Uh, they're they're aiming to be the number one sat stacking and spending app on planet earth so that's uh that's the deal and uh we're hoping to be along for the ride as we all walk towards the orange glowing light together and uh that's amber app so that's our friend izzy and you're our friend yoni so yoni how's uh how has it been going to all of these uh conferences and uh getting your book out there and all this and that there's nothing better. It has literally, like Snoot used to say, likes to say, it has changed our lives. Um, these conferences and having a book out. Um, what I like most is you get to have these fantastic, uh, real and deep conversations and connections with pe- with the, just the best people. Um, I've come to realize come to realize that Bitcoiners really are the coolest people in the world. Like, I did not expect that, to be honest, when I, before I started going to conferences. But my experience has been that it's so easy to have a real conversation, a real connection that is meaningful and deep and has a lasting impact on you and your life. And that that is what I like the most. And just and then just the fact that I can s- sit at home, put my ideas on paper and write stuff and then people actually read it and want to have a conversation about it. I find that's just amazing as well. Yeah, it's the best best thing in the world. <laughs> talk to to talk to bitcoiners. Um uh, yeah. So, so what's what's next for you, Yoni? I know you're going to El Salvador, right? I am going to El Salvador. That's in uh, November, so I'll be there for about two and a half weeks. Um, and uh, I, I, I'm giving a talk there as well. And my hope is to um, to just meet some great Bitcoiners, um, get my book out there as well, and um, just enjoy the conference. Hopefully, I'll. Uh, get to meet Max and Stace as well. I know they reside there. And it would be kind of epic to also meet uh, President Bukele. I don't have high hopes for that, but that would be fantastic. Um, worst case scenario, we have a fantastic conference. And for the f- following week after the conference, I'll be in uh, and next to Bitcoin Beach, uh, in a place called El Tuco, and just hang out there with great people and just enjoy myself, have yep. a look around, see what's there. 
You might want to hide your tattoos. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't want to go to uh, Salvadorian prison. Yeah, that sounds, sounds bad. Sounds very bad. Well, uh, if McCormick could show his, you can probably show yours as well. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, he, he'll, he'll be there. Uh, canary in the gold mine. Just don't shave your head. Oh, canaries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what animetrics they use to uh, uh, to find people that they don't want on the on the streets. Well, it's probably not you. <laughs> well, yeah, ho uh, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Not. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to El Sal Salvador. It's it's a, I think it's like a third to six hour flight with two layovers. Oh, insane! I've never really. Heard. Yes, I think you can just fly from Miami, like a, a three hour flight or something from Miami. Or I'm going to Frankfurt first, I think, and then um, stopping in Washington D.C. for like a nine hour layover. Yeah, Knut, Knut uh, Yoni doesn't live in Miami. Yeah, that's true. Also, Knut, I don't live in Miami. No, no, I don't no. know how well you but that's not where I live. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I must have mixed up Miami and that village in small. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you got too many cool friends. <laughs> You're mixing up mud one. <laughs> well, well. Um, what else can we say about um, what? What else can we say about the movie? Um, is there anything else to say? No, I, I just urge like. Uh, urge people to go and watch it and I'm eager to to hear what you think um they are yeah yeah guys if if you haven't seen if you haven't seen our um the, the Oppenheimer movie go see it it's a fantastic um piece and uh, then of course also watch our YouTube video uh it's <laughs> equally, it's equally good yeah it's if not better <laughs> if not better it's not overly convoluted is it <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, the point the point we're trying to get across in the in the movie is sort of like uh, powerful technologies in the hands of the wrong people uh, is the worst thing ever, uh, mm -hmm. which is what the, yep. the 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 scientific process that led up to the atomic bomb is not the problem. It's the the people who got their hands on it and decided to bomb people with it, uh, and. Uh, the the thing with Bitcoin is that it, it removes those hands from the equation entirely. Like there's there's no way that Bitcoin can ever end up in the hands of the wrong people, uh, because it's for the people, by the people, and uh, of the people. First and foremost, and the people are retarded. The users are in charge. The people are retarded. Yes, uh, we've uh, heard that quote, but uh, it doesn't matter for Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin is for retards as well. It's for any <laughs> for any pre-coiners uh, out there, or people who haven't really delved into the Bitcoin rabbit hole as deeply as we may have. Um, there's one argument that, or one idea that often arises somewhere along the way, and it is that isn't Bitcoin going to help criminals? So that would be Bitcoin ending up in in sort of the wrong hands. And may maybe we can just address that question um, because it is, um, I think that is a major concern for a lot of people. And what, what, I what we should say here is that like there's, 
whenever it comes to technology, there's always new technology. There's always this repeating pattern uh, throughout history where um, people are going to say it's impossible. Then they're going to say um, it's too expensive. Then they're going to say it can't be done uh, or, or that uh, nobody needs it. And then we, re we realize it changed the world. Like, what, what do you have to say about that? Like the fact that uh, criminals are going to use Bitcoin? Well, I would, I would flip the question and say, like, what's fiat for then? Because fiat is literally, it's, it's made by criminals. It's made by people who uh, can print more of it at will. Uh, and that's a crime in itself. Like, that's the worst crime imaginable because that's stealing lifetime from everyone on earth by, by running a money printer. So, so yeah. I would say the, the question, like, this is, this comes from a flawed view of what a crime is. Uh, and, uh, it's crime according to the fiat paradigm and it's not crime according to natural law or first principles thinking. Uh, in my opinion, there is no such thing as a, as a victimless crime. The crime requires someone to violate someone else's property. Otherwise, it's not a crime, in, in, in my opinion. And uh, that's... Yes, in that sense, Bitcoin actually protects against crime because you... Yeah, absolutely, much even. Because... Violate that people's pro property. Uh, uh, yeah, so, so uh, Bitcoin is anti-crime, anti-real crime. It's anti, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it gives you property rights so that people can't mm -hmm. take your stuff. Uh, and so and to make the argument a little bit more nuanced, you would also have to say that, um, whenever there's a new technology that is powerful, that, 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 mm, the criminals are going to use it, that they, they are, they will, they, they, well, when we invented the telephone, they would use that for, for scamming people. Uh, when we invented the car, they would use that to rob banks. Uh, when the internet came along, they would use that for all kinds of criminal activities. And Bitcoin is the best money that the world has ever seen. Obviously, it's going to be used by everybody, but the net positive is always going to outweigh the negative with these um, new technological leaps. The, the most heinous crimes ever committed uh, were committed by governments. Like, this is, this is the crime that Bitcoin stops. It stops the worst form of crime which is the crime on top. It stops um, the so-called elites, uh, which is another name for the, 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 the most efficient thief uh, from, from committing their types of crime. Uh, yeah. Um, can you formulate that better, Luke? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, 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 think, uh, I think you're both getting at really core parts of this here i mean i was i was going to make a joke at some point with the the whole that bitcoin is in the hands of bitcoiners oh no and, and it's just it's kind of like a, from from this side of the table uh it really just doesn't seem relevant that criminals are going to have bitcoin it's like well yeah everyone gets to have bitcoin and i i mean the the thing about it too is that is that all of this anti-money laundering and crime and, and, and all this and all this stuff is like first of all what are the restrictions actually getting at right uh governments don't want money laundering because they don't 
want to lose out on control and tax income and all this, basically. But but at, on the other hand, I, I mean, if, if there is someone out there committing a crime, as in, I mean, my definition is that someone is taking someone else's property in some way. That's basically crime. That's uh, including their body. Like yes, yep. yes, yeah, mm. yeah, and and. And I think that is very important and clever. Sorry for, for just no. interrupting, but that, that is very important because when we, as we Bitcoiners, we have a certain type of jargon and we know that there's subtext to the types of words that we use. So when we say property, we're not referring to our house necessarily. <laughs> we're we're <laughs> referring to our relationship with our house though, and we're, and our, the relationship between us and our bodies. So yes. The, so everything that you possess ownership over. Uh, everything yeah. that is yours, that is that is property. Whether that is your uh, your integrity, your your body, your ideas, your uh, your money, your possessions, whatever that is, that is your property. And Bitcoin helps us protect that because for the first time in human history, we have property that cannot be violated. Right, and yeah. and the the thing about that too, the thing about that too is that if someone is committing crimes and they're getting gains from this profit whatever and they're using bitcoin well bitcoin it's not bitcoin's fault uh they'd be using the regular fiat rails anyway they would be using cash they would be using whatever means there is the bitcoin doesn't solve crime but it does make it a heck of a lot harder for people to take that specific type of stored value yeah to me, it's a bit like saying, oh, we can't use language because criminals will use language. Like, we can't use English because criminals use English. But to me, this is the same thing. We must ban mathematics and English uh, and a couple of programming languages <laughs> while we're at it because criminals will use them. Like, this is such a, a, such a weird way of looking at the world. Uh, it's weird to ask, Knut, but we have to be respectful of the fact that people who are new to Bitcoin may not have the same, uh, they haven't no, but, done but the think journeys of the, that we have. Think of the, uh, uh, think of the alternative the going yeah. into the future. Yeah. Think of CBDCs, for instance, when yeah. Uh, yeah. if all cash is banned and someone has a money printer uh, and uh, also everyone's every single transaction of every single human being is being monitored by some orwellian institution like to me that's an absolute light nightmare and the way to get away from that in the internet age is bitcoin it's not cash uh so going forward we can either choose the orange glowing light and freedom and uh, everything's dandy or we can choose clown world and uh more orwell and to me that's uh it's it's the simplest choice ever. It is. And I hope a few no-coiners or pre-coiners are listening to this and, and get to um, see, see the logic here. Because I think that's, um, yeah, you, you, you framed it excellently. And I guess to, to put a bow on this of, of some degree, it's kind of a case of that, that Bitcoin will hopefully we think so, reduce the incentive to commit crime. Not even just because it becomes hard to, to take Bitcoin, because Bitcoin isn't the only thing that, that is important. 
other things are still people's possessions, their body, their family, whatever. But hopefully the prosperity brought about by adopting Bitcoin worldwide is going to increase the ability to live without violating another human being. And of course, there's still going to be violent people, psychopaths who who just ignore all social norms and all this. But when it's a smaller number to deal with, well, maybe that becomes easier to handle as a society. So, yeah, still prosperity best way out of of a world filled with criminals. Still, the the way to psychopaths are most dangerous when put in positions of power, and to me, Bitcoin puts a restraint on on that phenomenon. Like, there's uh, the the more money we take out of the old system and into the new one the uh, the harder it becomes to to uh gamify the old system and uh uh get into positions of power by uh suspicious p- political means uh in- instead of by providing value to your fellow human beings like the the only way to get someone's bitcoin really if if stored properly uh, is to provide them with some something of value back uh, and the more we do that with one another, the the more power goes away from the old system, where you can where you can extract value by uh, by playing political games and by uh, appealing to authority by by uh, um, by other means than providing something of value back, uh, which is a crime in itself, in my opinion. Okay, well, maybe we've uh, reached the end of that particular line of discussion. And, and you know what, I, I don't want to, to uh, over kind of push this. Um, Yoni, anything else on your mind? Uh, anything else you're thinking about or, or up to that, that you'd like to share with the world at this stage? There is, these past few weeks, there's been so much going on in my head. <laughs> that I'm barely able to keep a conversation <laughs> because so much is going on. I Honestly, I am uh, enjoying this all immensely, writing, uh, uh, guesting podcasts, and now starting uh, my own. All of this is um, a bit, it, it takes a toll, and it has been a bit overwhelming and I, I just can't wait to have the skills to make the type of life that I'm leading right now easy. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that, um, to, to being that future version of myself. But yeah, there's, there's, uh, I have like, I would just, I would just love to have a good AI assistant that sorts all of my documents. And sorts all of my ideas into uh, uh, into spreadsheets and, and into documents that that so I can actually use and I don't have to sort every sort through everything every time I want to start or work on a new project because at, at this point it's all kind of messy and but I'm enjoying it it's uh, it's fun 
to being in this uh uh this whirlpool of just stuff going on but yeah um so what is going on um well i hope that a lot of people are uh, that more and more people are going to start going to conferences because as we have observed there's a lot of you know a lot of the same faces most of the time and i hope that we will see more more and more conferences like not just the uh, the ones that already have made a name for themselves but for more people to actually start organizing conferences and for them to grow into something that is um pre-coiner friendly so that people can actually bring their their entire families uh we need uh we need things for kids to do at the, at our conferences uh we need uh, all kinds of entrepreneurs going there and pushing their products but like doing it in a bitcoin uh, immersive way so that they're actually like we should we should have other types of entrepreneurs there uh accepting bitcoin pushing their product or whatever uh, we should uh expand these uh, conferences because um like in in the early beginning when when bitcoin first came about uh, the circle was very small it was just a group of cypherpunks then the circle expanded to include um programmers and then the circle expanded even more to include economists and libertarians and now it has grown to include people like like me people who just um like to think about the, the future and uh, and uh, and the philosophy behind bitcoin and and this circle is now expanding even further to include people who don't really people who just want to enjoy a better form of money and i think that should be reflected in the way that we work with bitcoin in the way that we host conferences I think it is, though, uh, to a large extent. Uh, for this is the perfect uh, segue to shilling Bitcoin Atlantis, of course, which has a uh, on Madeira in March, which has a kids-friendly area and, and uh, all of that is very family-oriented. And uh, Madeirans themselves uh, get in for practically free, or it's at least a lot cheaper for them um, because they want the locals to learn about this thing. And also the meetup scene, uh, especially in Germany, but but really everywhere is is uh, is getting a bit of momentum. Uh, in Germany, it's really big. It's in like there's a regular meetup in every major German city at this point. And uh, I w when I flew back to Sweden um, in in June, I, uh, I turned on Orangeville app and I found a lot of stuff going on there, like. Uh, there are meetups. There meetups ha are happening, even in uh, tiny little Sweden, where where there were practically no meetups uh, a couple of years back. And I mean, there seems to be a, a momentum here, uh, gradually then suddenly. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I think you're right. Like the, as you said, the meetup scene is really growing. That is uh, probably where we have most momentum right now. It's. Uh, it's certainly not in the Bitcoin price where we have the most momentum at the moment, but um, 
it's uh, it's probably the meetup scene. Yeah, that's an in- interesting observation. Yeah, and I think I think another thing here is that uh, uh, you know when you mention kids and families and all this, like there have been there have been loads of of pregnancy announcements on on uh, on Twitter and everything, and uh, you know Bitcoiners Bitcoiners make more kids. Uh, I've I've minted one. Mine mine will be coming in February. All all looks like uh, signs are pointing towards that going well. So you know. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm allowed to escape to Madeira just shortly afterwards, but uh, my my wife isn't happy about that. But uh, but yeah, it's it's optimistic, and I love seeing that uh, that family. Like the perspective change, I think is I'm starting to think about all this stuff about what's different about being a Bitcoiner when when I'm going to be a dad and all this. And uh, well, I like seeing that kids are uh, are getting involved and and doing things and and. Many of them, from honestly quite a young age, are are starting to do stuff on their own. And I mean, big shout out to the to the Princey clan and to uh, Sam DeWall and all this. Like, uh, and, and I'm sure there's going to be more and more kids as uh, as as there are more kids born to Bitcoiners. And uh, well, I'm just excited for that. So. Yeah. And Bitcoin's for everyone, so there's no, no there's no lower age limit. You just have to to get it, and then you can use it. Like there are ways for kids, smart kids, to make money uh, from way earlier than before, uh, than way earlier at a way lower age than what the banking system allows for. And I can't <laughs> imagine uh, seeing like the uh, the younger generations now going through the hurdles of getting uh going into a bank and getting their accounts and all of that i mean when when the bitcoin infrastructure is properly in place uh easy enough to use for everybody when everything is just engineered just into the background i can't imagine the younger generations putting up with the uh, with the bs of the banking system of the fiat system no, I, I mean, I urge everyone to want to get a glimpse of the future to try to open a Spanish bank account because uh, that really shows you how outdated the fiat world really is. Uh, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. QR code, please. Yes, QR code, please. We also have to remember that we live in a part of the world where we have access to the best financial services in the, in the entire world. Yeah, and they suck. <laughs> and they suck. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. I yeah, think. I think. I maybe, think. I think maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's uh, let's tie this one off. It's been uh, been fun hanging out for for uh, the last forty five minutes or so, Yoni, and uh, you know all the good things uh, coming from you with you. I'm excited for that. You you were you were basically our I can't remember now if it was your your first or second guest. So we are actually due to have you on for like a, a, a so called proper episode. Proper but, but we'll we'll do that uh we'll do that soon enough. But this is just fun to kicking yeah. off this uh this special little thing yeah. where we're just hanging out with our friends. So yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a shameless chill circle jerk episode, but uh, you're, you're gonna have to bear with us here because we're we're proud of our little movie and we want people to see it. So yeah, <laughs> Luke keeps calling yeah, it a 100%. movie, so that's he's, he thinks very highly of it. Yeah. All right, 
well, a very short movie. <laughs> With that, uh, I think uh, let's let's end that here. Shout out again to uh, Izzy and Amber App. We should mention Geyser Fund. We both uh, uh, we have Geyser funds for both the Freedom Footprint show and for uh, Yoni's little movies. Uh, Twenty one million videos on Geyser and uh, Freedom on Geyser. Uh, if you want to shoot some sets, awesome. Thanks so much for uh, for coming, Yoni, and thanks to you for watching or listening. This has been the Freedom Footprint Show and Friends. All right, that's it.